The subterranean current that propels such anti-politics is recognizably Hobbesian, a coherent dark enlightenment, devoid from its beginning of any Rousseauistic enthusiasm for popular expression. Predisposed in any case to perceive the politically awakened masses as a howling, irrational mob, it conceives the dynamics of democratization as fundamentally degenerative, systematically consolidating and exacerbating private vices, resentments, and deficiencies until they reach the level of collective criminality and comprehensive social corruption. The democratic politician and the electorate are bound together by a circuit of reciprocal incitement, in which each side drives the other to ever more shameless extremities of hooting, prancing cannibalism, until the only alternative to shouting is being eaten. Where the progressive enlightenment sees political ideals, the dark enlightenment sees appetites. It accepts that governments are made out of people, and that they will eat well. The dark enlightenment was a term coined by a British philosopher called Nick Lamb, and it's basically a loose collection of ideas that he calls neo-reactionary. And what that basically is, is that we reject modern thought pretty much, especially when it comes to equality and um, egalitarianism and all that sort of thing. And democracy, we're opposed to that. And this was a transformation that I went through. I kind of went through the conservative to libertarianism. And recently, this year kind of came together. I didn't even know you could be. Could you? It never occurred to me, can you support the monarchy or the aristocracy as being a superior political system and cultural system? And I believe it is, because I don't believe people are equal. I like hierarchy. That's why I did a video a couple years ago that women shouldn't vote. They shouldn't. There's a natural hierarchy, I believe, between man, woman, and child that should be maintained to maintain order and happiness in a civilization. And I know that's, that's heretical. And, and part of what the story in England is, they're part of what's called on the dark enlightenment, the cathedral. You hear that term, the cathedral. And what the cathedral is, is the, you can think of it as the establishment or the politically correct thought. And it's just not one entity, but it's the overall thought of the, the culture that you need to believe that way, otherwise it's heresy. Welcome along, everybody, to nwczradio.com, Channel One's Down the Rabbit Hole. It's good to have you along. I'm Big D. And I'm Brandon. And it is, uh, hey, it's that time again, and we're together, and it's all it's always fun. Because uh, you, you had a killer midweek podcast, kind of talking about some, uh, some creepy dudes. It, it did, and like I said, it was one of the things me and you talked about it. It was... I was honestly surprised to see how, leading up to his snap, how really boring Ed Gein was. <laughs> well, that's what made him snap. I know, but then once he snapped, it's like... He, All work, no play, make makes it. Ed a dull boy. Exactly, and he was a dull boy. <laughs> and, so, and his mom was overbearing, and 
So beware but, of overbearing moms. But it's one of those things, like I said in the episode, he babysat kids. I he know. did all. Everyone trusted him. So you never know. That person next door might be a, might be an Edgeen. He may have a lampshade made out of yikes. You know, someone's someone's skin. <laughs> I did enjoy that episode, and uh, so good job on that. Oh, thank you. And uh, I'll be with you on the, the midweek this week, and go down some some rabbit holes. But this week, well, but before we start. I want to tell everybody you can always email us at downtherh at protonmail.com, downtherh at protonmail.com. Getting lots of very interesting, well-thought-out emails. Yes. Detailed emails and some very, honestly, some very sad ones. A lot of you guys are going through with this, uh, the, the mandate stuff and your jobs and everything. We feel for you. We feel yes. for you. I know right where you're at because I'm in the same situation. And uh, <clears throat> that's... Uh, but, but stick to your guns. Stay strong. Because I mean, that's you have you to keep, stick to your guns. You, yes. You see them pushing back the date more and more because they realize that people are fighting back and it's not what they expected. I think they're playing a big game of chicken. They are. They are, and they're going to see who's going to blink first. They're going right to see now, who folds. The American people aren't blinking like they thought they would. And and so stay strong in your convictions. Stay strong in what you got going. But we do know we understand the situation where you're in. We're trying, and if, if we can offer you any help at all. You know, whether it be through our research or uh, sending you some uh, resources, uh, like uh, I've been sending out lots of templates for religious exemption letters, military exemption letters, getting a lot of that. So, uh, yeah, stay strong out there. And it, don't think that if this, there's a listener out there that's gotten the, sh- the, the stab, don't think that anyone's judging you any differently. No. This is for people who don't want it. You want to make your stand? Make your stand. I think we've, if you had I think we've it, been perfectly it. clear on here. It is not about... I have my own personal issues with the shot. Yes. It's not about whether you get the shot or not. It's about the fact that it is mandated yes. and your job and your livelihood are dependent upon something that the government is forcing you to do when there's no reason for it. No, and all the, and I know a lot of people keep pointing out to the whole... You know, comparing this to all the, oh, you had a, co- a vaccine card when you were in school because you had polio vaccines, all that. Yes, but technically we weren't forced to do that. No. We could, our parents could say, hey, we don't want our kids to have this. And the school say, cool, okay then. We weren't forced to. Now it is basically being forced. We're being told you can't go to baseball games. You can't go to football games. You can't go to the, soon in King County, you can't go to a movie. Right. No, it's it's ridiculous. And, yeah. you know, I, we've gone down that rabbit hole many, many times. I'm going to talk more about it on the Midweek yes. Podcast because the hypocrisy of it is is insane, which tells you there's a deeper, darker thing going on. Yeah, and that's that's the scary part. And that's one of the things, you know, when I went down, I mean, a couple of the episodes that even I've done where I've gone down the whole, you know, where we're talking about how they use fear to control us. Yes. That is exactly what they're doing here. Yes, they do. And uh, we don't. <laughs> we, we might get scared. We do talk about some topics that that are fear-inducing, but the idea is not to be scared; it's to be informed. Yeah. So, and, and one thing I was going to say, I think this, the rest of this month, I may be, you know, deep diving, kind of like I have in the last couple episodes. I mean, it is October; we are coming up on Halloween, so you know, get, priming for Halloween, I may yeah. go down a couple more, like I did with Ed Gein and some of the. the We're actually on live on Halloween. I know. So that'd and be I, fun. I'm going to go down some of the stories I think that have, you know, like Ed Gein, that ba- movies are based off of that you really see the truth behind the movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, and you kind of started that uh, in, in with a, Amityville. With Amityville. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, so this week, this is actually 
this is a topic that uh, I I run across a few times here and there, not a lot, but I've heard about it. And then we got a an email from a listener who was curious about what we're going to talk about tonight and asked if we would sort of deep dive into it and take a look into it deeper and sort of give our opinion or, or what we think about it. And, and really, that's not what it's... I'm not here to give my opinion on this, although I'm sure it will come out in certain ways. But what we want to talk about and look in tonight is something that's called Dark Enlightenment. Yeah. And it sounds much more nefarious than, than the title. The title sounds really dark and nefarious, but it's really not. It's not in a way. I mean, it's one of those things. It's really hard to. I mean, dark enlightenment sounds like dark shadows, or you know, like yeah, <laughs> like some sort of like uh, you know, like some over some some satanic overlord with that's that's trying to enlighten his uh, subjects or something. And it's really it does, it's not it, that it's not that scary. No, it's not. But I mean, it is definitely a different way of thinking. Oh no, no doubt about that. Yes, it's there's no doubt about that. It's a um, it is a uh, so. I think when we pull the curtain back on this thing, really what we're going to find out, in my opinion, is a lot of these guys who who subscribe to this, the deep thinkers that are involved in it, these are all people who, for the most part, work in Silicon Valley, yes. who run a lot of the big tech companies, who who are deep into Google, Facebook, um Instagram and Deep pockets, all, all yeah, all the all the different uh, social media platforms and internet stuff, and they live in a different world in their head. They 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 have a they whole do. different idea as to how things uh, how things should go because they're well removed from the actual real world. I agree with that, and and that's the one thing that on this that really, I think that bugs me the most on this is a lot of it is it may. It worries me that the people that have this brain thought are people that are behind all of our tech. Yes, that's what I mean, that's what worried me the most. They are building our tech, which explains why you know you have the what is it Nokia or one of the phone. I think it might actually be Motorola or one of those. It might even be Apple that has the huge facility that you hear about in China, where pretty much it's just a huge building that has nets. So when people like finally decide to off themselves and jump off the building, it just catches, catches them and them. sends them back to work. You know, and <laughs> that's one thing that I'd love to go down sometime too if I could find information on it. But you hear about this stuff, and it's like, well, no wonder these guys have no problem with this because if they really look into this dark enlightenment, that's what those that's that's, that's their what, philosophy. That's what the Chinese are for. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So uh, to just kick it off, and and it it's it's really actually I want to say it, it's not that easy to I don't know put this into like. What is the dark enlightenment? Because yeah. there's no tenets of faith. No, there, there's no like, there's no like rules of order. It's these rambling blogs. They are. It's not like you know, like Mormonism or you know, any, we any, anything any, where it's like this is what we believe. Yes. One, two, three, four, five. This like is when you our, look at the cults, like this is what you know Jim Jones thought. This is what their belief system was. This is what they did. All that with dark enlightenment, it is. It's just that it's random blog posts of random philosophical philosophical. There we go ramblings that sometimes like they almost hit, hit oh, there are times point. when i'm like yeah this sounds good they're like yeah 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 and, and then, then they the, go off a cliff yeah then the next sentence you're like what <laughs> wait, 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 wait hold on you you had me for a second but now yeah no, no and the I'm other not. weird thing is is that and i i'm not sure why because and i've tried to maybe you can maybe you can enlighten me on this i 
So a lot of the articles that I read about this and a lot of the things that I watched try to tie this into um, the alt-right. I did find that a lot, too. And I don't see it. Uh, I don't either. I mean, I... They're not Republicans. They're not no. uber-conservative. But and but the thing is, is both the, they they tie him in, but a lot of the ones that I saw tied him in, but then also pulled him away from him at the same time. Yeah, where it's like yes, they're like him like this, but they're not in this way. Where I, I think what they're doing is just because there's a lot of. Is it because they're kind of hidden and underground? Is that the I only? What's the only? Hidden, I don't find any relation to the alt right. I think it's that they're hidden and underground, and a lot of people see the alt right as a very racist group. And yeah, it, and white supremacist, and there's a little bit of that, here. and there's a little bit in the dark enlightenment where you can see. Although it's not overt, I will it, say that it's not overt. They never once come out and say we believe this group, like yeah. this color skin or this, you know, ethnicity is bad or shouldn't be no. here. It's more of an intellectual class system. Well, and it's yeah, an intellectual class, an intellectual class system, and everything else. But they, a lot of people read into that and see it as saying, "Oh, you're saying that white people are smarter and better, so <laughs> that they are." And it's like, well, they never actually they never say said that. that, right? It might be, could be perceived that way in some of them, but you could really also hit, be perceived as the Chinese are way smarter. Yes, and that's it. It, it. it really depends on who's reading it. I agree. Is going to perceive it a certain way. And they that do, is, I think that is part of the problem with this whole dark enlightenment movement. They do have some racial undertones. Yes. That, I mean, really do say like certain races were and that. That's the hard part is I kept finding things where they kept saying certain races are made to do certain activities. They don't name the race, but though. they never name the races. I yeah. Know. They never say, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, Chinese are made for this. White people are made for this. Right. You know, the, the blah, blah, blah is made for this. But they left it vague. But they left it very open vague, to very open. But that's where a lot of people start mush, pushing them towards the white supremacists because they're like, oh, they believe white people. But I'm like, they never actually, I've never found a blog where they say the white people are the best. <laughs> right. No, it's true. It's true. All right. So not that I'm in any way for this, by the way, just that that's what I'm saying, that the facts that I could find. Yeah. Well, let's. I'm going to try. We'll start off by trying to define it. Although, like I said, it's a bit of a challenge. I will say this, though, on the sexist side. Oh, very sexist. Um, the, the, the women should be praised <laughs> and revered, but should have no rights. Is is pretty vote. much well, exactly we, we heard, what they say. We heard that coming in. That yeah. that's one of the guys, one of the proponents of this, where he's like, "Hey, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> women have their place, and yeah, we, but they shouldn't vote. They should be. You know? yeah. So the, they definitely have the, a hierarchy system. It's a in patriarchy, mind. patriarchy system. Oh, for sure that. So I could definitely see a lot of you know, not to sound bad, a lot of Mormons going for this because they definitely have that patriarchy <laughs> system. Um, but you know. All right. Sorry to our Mormon listeners, but you know yeah, we, we just, just went down that road. We just went down that. So and I mean, a lot of what Mormon we're saying is, hmm, yeah. Uh, so according to Wikipedia, and and again, I'm not a huge fan of Wikipedia, but which a lot of the things that I went through, the guy that the main person they they kept, oh, what's his name, Yarvin, Yarvin. A lot of the stuff that he re refers back to as his data goes back to Wikipedia, which a lot of people have problems with. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which I completely agree with. Wikipedia. Uh, I have is, lots of problems with Wikipedia, and I don't. I don't rely on them a, no. a lot, and I'm not. I'm just relying at the, the the beginning. I thought they they did a fairly decent job on the at the very top where they just sort of yes. bring it into uh, you know kind a of an layman's idea of term. Yes. Uh, so according to Wikipedia, Dark Enlightenment or the neo reactionary movement, 
sometimes abbreviated to NRX, is an anti-democratic, anti-egalitarian, reactionary philosophy. In 2007-2008, Curtis Yarvin, writing under the pen name Mencius Moldbug, articulated what would develop into dark enlightenment thinking. Yarvin's theories were elaborated and expanded by Nick Land, who's a Brit. Uh, he is the first one to coin the term dark enlightenment in his essays titled <laughs> Dark Enlightenment, and it refers to the, quote, age of enlightenment in a pejorative sense. We'll explain all this in a moment because don't let this scare you. There's a lot of big terms here. because It these, does get very these are big. These are, these are pseudo-philosophers, and they are very smart. There's no doubt about it. But anyway, it says... They're very I, they, smart, but at the same time, not. Right. They're smart, but they're removed from reality. Yes. The ideology generally rejects Whig uh, histo uh, history. And the Whigs, I don't know if you know, but we'll talk about the Whigs in a moment, but the, they were a party, the yeah. Whig party. The concept that history shows an, an inevitable progression towards greater liberty and enlightenment, culminating in liberal democracy and constitutional monarchy. Uh, in favor of a return, so this is the dark enlightenment, is in favor of return to tradi traditional societal constructs and forms of government, including absolute monarchism and other archaic forms of leadership, such as uh, cameralism. So that's kind of basically it in a nutshell. And I went and I read and I watched probably I don't know, four or five hours of uh, Curtis Yarvin interviews. The Tucker Carlson did had him on for like an hour and a half, and then he was. I saw him speaking at some conferences and stuff. His bunch of stuff off of YouTube and uh, Brighteon and everything. And the guy's smart, no doubt about it. He grew up in uh, what I would say is uh, well, definitely the higher class, the the snootier class here in the U.S. He went to uh, elite schools, got elite degrees, and he's a programmer. He's a computer programmer, and he's very bright. And he, so he saw what he, what, what he initially saw is that the United States was flawed in the way that we have this two-party system, right? Yeah. And the two-party system he calls... There's this term that they like to use. It's called the cathedral. Yeah, I kept hearing that, but I, I kept having issues of really... I mean, it seemed like it basically came down to a, a thought process of the Catholic religion. Well, here's what the cathedral... Here's things. how the cathedral works. The cathedral is, is... So if you look at a cathedral, there are lots of moving parts within the cathedral, right? So you have... Yeah. And they and, and you have the hierarchy, you have the uh, you have the workers, you have the the cleaner. So everything it's it's a living breathing system within this cathedral, but everything is working to further and advance the cathedral. Right? Yeah. So, the United and everyone has their place and has their job. And has their job, but the overall goal and the overall movement is to advance the ideas, the philosophy, the theology of said cathedral. Yeah. Okay, so in a political sense, what he's saying is is that the overall party system in the United States is the cathedral. They're all in the cathedral: Democrats, Republicans, Independents. Yeah, they're all there, and they are actually all working 
to further this cathedral. His where he where he says it differs is the progressives and the Democrats want to get there faster. The Republicans want want to get there eventually, but at a much slower pace. So there, therefore, we have the drag, right? Okay. And I'm just spouting his philosophy. Yeah. And so within this, within both parties, you have the what we call the uniparty. You know, so you have what they call rhinos, Republicans in name only. You have the uh, Democrats who are from maybe conservative states who don't, and then you have the fringes on on all sides, right? So there are times what what he says is this cathedral is actually moving towards way more. It's actually moving into way more socialist and communistic government I eventually. And even the Republicans are on board. It's just they want to get there at a slower pace. They want it's more of a drip mentality. The the Democrats are are racing headlong, right? So he uses the yeah. example of after Reagan. So he said after Reagan, if you look at every presidential candidate, whether it was Republican or Democrat, all the way up into the Trump surprise, they all went to the same schools. They belonged to the same. Uh, secret societies. They belonged to the same groups. They went to the same parties. They were the they were two heads of the same coin. Yeah, right. Makes sense. And so you were given the illusion of a choice, but really you weren't. The choice the choice was to move in that direction. How do you want to get there? Yeah. And so that's the cathedral. And so he's re- there. There re- Nick Land and uh, Curtis Yarvin are rejecting this They're, because they see where this is going is to this ultimate governmental what we talk what we, I've talked about on my program it's it's head, you know it's rushing towards this one world system which is one of those things that I mean in all reality once and this was my hard part with the the dark enlightenment when I first started looking at it and I saw that kind of stuff I'm like I get it. I I'm agree. In. I'm in. I was yes, with I you. agree. This is a problem. We, we got both sides moving towards this, you know, this goal, you know, because it's true. You do see both sides doing that. It's their solution. That's the problem. Yeah, because that's one thing a lot of people, you know, kept trying to, you know, throw why we got Biden instead of like a Bernie was because Biden was closer. Yes. To the Republican side than Bernie was. At least that was what was presented. At least that was presented. We're now discovering otherwise. Yeah, we are. But, I mean, it's one of those things that in a lot of ways, really, most of the Republicans that we've had besides, you know, Trump have been a lot closer to, you know, the middle. There wasn't a whole... If you go back and listen to speeches of, like, when Obama was first running for office, when Clinton was first running for office, when both of the Bushes were running for office, you know... And you comp- any, and then you can go with Dole, you can go with Gore, you can go with any all the ones who lost as well. They were not that far apart. No, especially looking back now, because at the time everybody then was you know debating about taxes and uh, oh budgets. There and would always be one thing that they were far apart on. You, guns usually that would or make, abortion. Yes, that would make you look at him and go, "Oh my God, I could never at, vote for that guy. I could never vote for this guy because he's he's over here or this guy. Oh, he's on the he's I I'm with him on this. But the rest of it. But then you look at the rest of his stuff and you're like, oh, pretty dang close. You know, and that was one of the big things. Like when Obama was running for president, I got in fights with so many people because I'd be like, "Why are you voting for him?" And they're like, "Well, because I like his values." And what are they? What are they? They couldn't tell you. Well, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you questioning who? 
I just want to understand. You explain to me why I should go vote for him. Yeah, and this is the day. And and I, I, what a lot of this exposed to me was, uh, and is, is the danger of how Americans and and I think people around the world in general who have a free society, how they vote. Yeah. Right. They do not vote. They don't take the time to dig into issues and look at where act. And especially, I will say, on the lower races, when you're talking about senators, when you're talking about representatives. And you're talking about city uh, planners. You're talking about mayors and governors and stuff like that. It, it is really like it's 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 either a D or an R or it's a personality thing. People don't really dig, and and so you send all these people in, and then you wonder what the hell's happening. Well, that's part of the problem because I mean it's one of those things. And I'll be honest, up until the last couple of elections, for a lot of times I picked besides the president, I picked my my you know. My choice is pretty much like I picked a racehorse. Whose name do I like better? <laughs> I mean, because I never, I never looked. Because I never right. thought about it. Because you don't think the consequences are going to be that deep. No, because I just thought about the president's the one that matters. Which That's is, the vote that matters. Right. So in Which this, I've realized now, no, it's the close local shit. Yeah. Like watching what's happened to King County, oh, all that kind of yeah, stuff. It's, that is... It's a nightmare. Yes. Uh, so what happened then with... So... Their idea of the the solution to me is the problem with these cats. Yes, I think they have a good grasp on. They have a good and, grasp on the problem, and, and they're also you know they've translated translated this over because Nick Land is a Brit and he talks a lot about the British system over there, which is you know it's not it's a monarchy in name only. It's yeah. it's actually it's a it's a democratic republic you know kind of like ours. It's a little Canada same thing supposedly Australia same thing where you vote. Uh, you know, you have a free vote. You vote for a, a person, or you vote for several people. That determines the course of the country, and it, it's supposed to be free and fair elections. Yeah, it's supposed to be right. So, what? And I've talked about this before, where and we've talked about this, where like the Club of Rome and a lot of and the Illuminati and a lot of these other groups. And I know I can see people right now going, "Oh, he said Illuminati," and their eyes rolled back. It's like now we're going off the deep end. No, no, it's a real thing. Just it go is. back and listen to it. The the powers that be, whether you want to call them the elites, whether you want to call them the Illuminati, whether you want to call them uh, the Club of Rome, or whoever it is, they're out there. It's a real thing, and it they is. pull the strings. They're the globalist. It's not a myth. The and New Lizard Order. They, yep, it could be them too. <laughs> I think they're getting directions from them. I think so. Now everybody's checked out. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, they jumped it. Well, yeah, that's because I mean, it's one of those things we did, and I think we do have an episode where we mention them again and we like explain it, but I don't think it's labeled that way. No, and so I can't most find people don't, it. Yeah. I'm not going back through 100 episodes. So I, I think one of these days I should just, I think on one of my, my midweeks, I'm just going to go down the new list. You should. So, but the point is, is that they have set the, they've figured out the system. They have figured out how to game the system yes. and fool us, right? Uh, they pulled blinders over a lot of people for a lot of years by giving this illusion of choice, mm-hmm. an illusion that there is there are two parties that there there is this idea of you know repu- conservative and liberal and uh, in, you know or or the independents or whatever when actually it's all moving in the same direction and we really see that in in right now more probably than any other time in history. Oh yeah, because you. Th- I mean, think about all these things that are going on related to COVID and and how it was such a unified response around the world by the world leaders, by down to governors, mayors. 
I mean, you nobody it would never, ever, ever, ever in history have we had such a coordinated response to anything. Remember when nine eleven happened? Yeah, no, there was no. I mean, there was still arguments. It was chaos. Moment. It was chaos. What should we do? Both parties sides still fighting with each other. With COVID, it, even, there's been no fight. It's even over here, agrees. even over here on the West Coast, do we shut down the airports or do we not? Do we? Uh, you know, how do we respond to this? Do you, does everybody stay in, and do, do you report your name? It was a big debate, and everybody was different. Not on COVID. No, it was uniform from the moment it hit, and we saw it immediately and said something's up here. So I get what they're saying. Now let's get into uh, some of the things that they talk about. That they, <laughs> where this is where I think they go off the rails. Yeah, like I said, their 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 idea of the problem. I'm on board. I'm like, I agree. I see the problem. I see what you're talking about. I think about. they see what we see. I think they, they see what everybody sees. It's like, I agree with you. I love it. It's great. And then they start talking about how to fix it. And I'm like, ooh, well, hold on. Right. Because their ultimate, like their ultimate solution, the final solution is they believe we should actually go back in time, yeah. like way back in time to like the 1400s. And use that system of basically a whether it's a king or a dictator or and they're assuming this person is going to be benevolent because they they keep they keep referring back to peaceful times in history when there actually was a decent leader on the throne whether it be the Roman Empire there were good times. They, they weren't. They weren't always killing Christians. They weren't always trying to conquer the world. They weren't. I mean, because they were around for a long time. British Empire, same thing. You just go down the list. So they they are picking and choosing these these windows of I'll just say um, you know peaceful times during this system. And this yeah. is where it gets into like what you talked about, where in those systems. So if it's a if it's a monarchy system or if it's a dictatorial system, there has to be classes. Yes. Now, in general, it was based on trade or ability, right? It yeah. was it was what it was. Were you a blacksmith? Were you a, were you a roofer? Were you a mason? Were you a, far, a farmhand? But it's what you were born into too. Yes, and that's why a lot you of couldn't people, get out of it. Where a lot of names, a lot of people don't realize this. A lot of our names come from what our families did. Yes. You know, you've got people like Smith. Most people with the last name Smith, their 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 great great grandparents or whatever were blacksmiths. Right. You know, you were named what you did. A lot of that's true. And so but what they want to do is they want to create an intellectual hierarchy system. Yes. So, what does that mean? That mean and, and <laughs> this this is where I was reading Nick Land in, in a couple of his uh, the his dark enlightenment pieces, where there's no test, no right. So he of course is he of course has, he's, has, he's the grand poobah of who's who's intellectual. Yeah. So, right. So there's no there's there's no test that it's not like a Mensa test that you sit down and you take it and go, hey, you scored high enough to be in the intellectual elites. No, there's already a predetermined elite class. That then de- that then says we think you're smart enough. Yeah. Whether and it's through having a discussion with them, or do you have to write a paper? Do you have? And it's funny because they decry all these systems, like the university system of you know, like higher learning, and these uh, the Ivy League schools. They they think that's all 
awful and it's terrible yeah. and it should be all torn they down. The wrong shit. But they're but they're talking the same thing. Yeah. But it's coming from a different source than them. Right. They're not in control of it. No. And, and so from the so the intellectual thing, so it starts with them and then it goes it goes down. So the next level of intellectuals would be granted duty by them to like oh, maybe run a city or yeah. run uh you know run the um be, be the head of all agriculture. Uh, so they would be the next tier government, basically. Yeah. Then below them would be, and it just can, continues all the way down, and this is where it came comes into what you were talking about when we first came in, this idea that there are certain races who are pre, <laughs> predisposed... Predetermined, yeah, predetermined to certain tasks. To certain tasks and can't really do better than that. And they say that. And they, they should be happy there. And, and, yeah. and it'll just create... Again, what everybody seems to be, I, I don't get this, but all these groups that we talk about are all heading, trying to head towards this like utopia on earth, which will never happen. No. It'll never happen. But according to them, this will create this utopian system because they'll be happy in their task. They'll be, and, and the people ahead of them, they're happy because that's where they're supposed to be. And you should be happy in the task that you're, you, you're given. This is the task you belong to. Yeah, right. That, I mean, that's the whole thing is that you are you are born into it. You can't get out of it. And we've ha- we've had this in time, which is which is which is what caused revolts. Yeah. It's what caused wars. It's and these guys because eventually people stop wanting to do what their parents have done. If I was born into, I don't even know. My dad was a crane operator. I'd be working at Boeing, running a crane. I don't know what my grandfather did. I know he was in World War II. After that, I have no idea <laughs> what he did for a living. But, I mean, so it's kind of like to do what your parents did, You, this is what you're taught. This is what you should be doing. You know? Well, it is a very interesting idea because then it's you're stuck, and that's where people have problems. What if, I'm, what if my, my, grandf- my father was a carpenter, but I'm not a very good carpenter? Well, the, then, you know, you, then you would just carry the tools, right? So you, you're in the trade, but you may not be yeah. a, the best tradesman, but there's somebody in that trade has to drive the truck, has to, you know, be a tool pusher or carry the carpet in or whatever you're doing. But then after a while, you're going to be, people going to be like, okay, you, you just carry tools. You're nothing good at this. We're just going to bury you in the backyard later. And that could happen too. Which, I mean, I guess that's, you know... <laughs> <laughs> that that's part of the you know Darwinism, I guess. We go back into the Darwinism. Uh, one of the things I found interesting about uh, Curtis Yarvin <clears throat> and his—I don't know—I tried to look it up where he came up with this Mincius mold bug. And Which I mean, honestly, that's that was one that, that took me out of it. I'm like, if that's the best name you could come up with, Mencius mold bug. I tried to find a meaning for it. I could not. And like I said, I watched several interviews and nobody ever. That would be one of the first questions I asked. Yeah. What's the deal with this name? Yeah. Why Mencius mold bug? And, and, and it is weird, but whatever. That's the one he chose. But I mean, it's one of those things. Sometimes we all choose, you know, n- internet names for whatever reason. Yes, they. Uh, <laughs> the other weird thing that I found in there is they were really big into not liking fat people. Oh no! Yeah, you have to be healthy. You got to be physically fit, and you better be. You better be healthy. Physically fit and healthy, which I mean, not to sound bad, is not a bad thing to look for because 
as Americans, which I'm one of them, you know, we're, we have a habit of eating what we don't what we shouldn't and being overweight. Right. But I mean, again, see, so how they, are you going to do your job if you're fat and overweight? Well, they kept talking about meritocracy and, I, and I'm all for meritocracy, which is you, you are based on your merit of work. You get rewarded. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm all about meritocracy. However, there are look. We all know it's look at. There are certain if we want to talk about certain races that are predisposed. There are some big races, like big-bodied races, Samoans. You know, well, and it's I'm not sure. because of what they eat. Well, and I'm sure there would be jobs that they they are genetically designed for. <laughs> but then what? But what does that mean then to be physically fit and and to be the and have idealized? They call it the idealization of physical fitness. Well, I mean. They're, so do they have to show up every day, do a physical, you know, like, I don't know, like how does this work? It's hard to argue because I mean, it's one of those things, I mean, not to sound bad, but you look a lot of these, like, watch a football game and look at those big Simone boys. Those, they're physically fit, but they're or, big And boys. even the big white boys or whatever, yeah, those or guys that are on the line, they call them the hogs for a reason. Yeah, they're big Guts boys, hanging out. but they're, they're, they're physically fit. They're doing a job what of making big What is your definition bucks? of physically fit? Right. And that's what it comes down to. What's the definition? Is the definition of physically fit you can do the job that you were genetically made for? Or is it? But know. let's say okay. So let's say in my family, right? I'm, I'm pre. I, we're supposed to be uh, bankers, right? So my so my family, we're based on my last name. We're all supposed to. We're, we're bankers. Yes. Um, in my family, I have really skinny people, and I have you know I have bigger people, and not all of it is because of what they eat or lack of exercise. Some of it is. But not all of it is. So when somebody walk, if these guys that are in charge walk into the bank and say, "Hey, you fat boy," and you're like, "Hey, man, I, I, you know, I jog every day, and I only, I'm a vegetarian, and on and on and on," who, who are they to be the rulers and the arbiters of this? Because they're the ones they were genetically smarter than the rest of us, so they got to be that way. And it is interesting that they're that both they're the that both Nick. And and Yarvin are like really tiny, small, skinny dudes. Yeah, they're the monarch. Which is funny because that's you know when you think about when you when you think about uh, people who are working in Silicon Valley who sit on their butts all day and just do code. You think think about about those guys who are eating Cheetos, drinking Monster drinks. You think about the the guy, the Jurassic Park guy, (laughs) right? Like you know, gave up all the, the the eggs. That's who you think about. But here's the thing, though, is, I mean, it's one of those things. What, what is their definition of physically fit? Because, I mean, it's one of those things from someone who, who does sports. Myself, like you mentioned, the, the, the linemen. They're big boys with guts hanging out that technically are actually physically fit. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm then, just going to describe you right now because you've lost a lot of weight. Yes. And you, you could whoop my butt in whatever it is, this thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Because you, you have come a long, long way. And just in the time I've known you. Somebody could walk in and go, yep, he's overweight. Yeah, I, I technically I am. They would go, this guy needs to lose weight. According and to my BMI, I'm still, over, I'm still obese. It's, yeah, so that's, what I, that's the and point. And that's it, because it's a, one of those things, like I said, I see runners all the time because I do a lot of running events, and most people who dedicate runners look like they really need to eat a cheeseburger. I mean, <laughs> they are so skinny, they look sick. Just because you're skinny doesn't mean that you're in shape. Yeah, they, they're so skinny that they look sick, but they're great runners. But if you tell them, okay, go pick up that you know sack of sandbag, that sandbag over there, and they're like, uh, yeah, I can't pick up anything over 10 pounds. You know, but then you have someone who you know, goes to the gym every day and lifts, 
who could lift 350 pounds but couldn't run a mile to save their life. So it's like, what's your definition of physically fit? Well, and then, and then uh, uh, to to you know continue on with that, they talk a lot about gender roles. Oh yeah, and this is where I find it fascinating that they don't get way more blowback. I will say this is primarily. To be honest, it seems to be this is this is a dude thing. I don't think they're getting anything that has to do with the word blow. No, not these guys. Not unless they're paying for it. I think dark enlightenment from everything. I, it was always ma- men or males who were either espousing it, talking about it, discussing it, or reporting on it. I have a feeling most people, honestly, like looking into this. Like I said, the, in the beginning, the problem that they point out, yes. Oh, I'm on board with a the lot of what that they, they say. The way that they their, their answers were fixing it, no. But I think a lot of these people turn into incels. Well, here's th- this is this true story, man. Or either turn into incels, or these are incels. There was a, a reporter, and it was a, her name was uh, Rosie Gray, and she reported for the Atlantic, and Yarvin. She, she she approached him for an interview, and he refused based on her IQ because he was way too way too smart for her. Wow! So that's that, and they tr- they believe women shouldn't vote. That women should not be really working unless it's, you know, like what women did back in the day. So, you know, like taking care of it's yeah. work, but it's work around the house. Yeah, work around the house, you know, help out around the farm, clean my penis. I mean, that kind of stuff. That, yeah. that, well, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Um, they also believe that, that women have no voice in, uh, that they're really not that smart and that they had no voice in the political theater of things. Which is very interesting because that's one thing that I read a lot about where they say they want to go back to medieval times and this is how it was in medieval times. But if you actually look back to medieval times, women had a lot more voice in medieval times than people actually think they did. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. About it. Well, there were queens, for goodness yeah. sake, who could who ran countries. Yeah. You know, like they they uh, they absolutely ran the entire country and and. Directed wars and battles and all kind of stuff. So, so women had a lot more power than they, they, they think they did. So that's part of the problem is their, their idea of history in medieval times is completely filed. Completely oh, yeah. Completely false. Absolutely. Uh, one of the other things that they believe in is this idea of an autocratic government. And if you not, not, don't know what that means, that is basically it is... Uh, it's an absolute power, the absolute power of government. So an autocratic system would be basically, like they said, a king or a ruler, and they think that an autocratic government is good because people can't make decisions for themselves. And so now what I never really got into with these guys or what I never, I did not find was their idea of monetary value. Like, so... Yeah, I couldn't find that either. You know, we... We know that the system, we'll just call it the cathedral as they do, what, we, what we're living in this cathedral is moving towards universal basic income, free health care and everything for all, super high taxation rates, um, to where you're dependent on the government. And the irony is, is that they, don't, they do not want that. However, they want you dependent on an autocratic system where there is an absolute leader who would then, I assume... 
determine how much you make, how much you don't make, where you because if you if they're predetermining where you work, right, and they're predetermining yeah. what your task is in life, there's got I'm sure there's going to be some sort of ceiling for how much you can make in that it's 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 not an open it's not a free market society that 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 they are proposing here. No, it's definitely going to be one of those things where it's pretty much like hey, you've got this job in doing this job you can make there might be a couple tiers where you can make this much as you come in and then after a few years you go up to here but after 5 or 6 years you're going to be plateaued at this amount and you're never going to do better than this. But you can never switch careers because this is what you were born to do. Because this is what your family does, and this is what you're genetically made to do. Right. Uh, the other term that I found a lot in there was neo-monarchy. They, 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 love to they love to use these big terms. And neo-monarchy, and I, I was like, well, I've heard this. Uh, so basically, neo means new. And monarchy, of course, is a monarchy. So they're into neo-monarchy. And another weird thing that I noticed in a lot of this, did you did you find this where they talked a lot about the uh, the matrix and the and the the pills? Yes, the red pill, the red pill. If you take the red pill, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. I so is, is is it, and I couldn't I couldn't corner it down. So what are, is what they're saying is that they're the matrix, and once you take the red pill, you see beyond you know this shat the, the this. This facade of what we have going on now and what we what we wake up to is their idea of what's to come? Something like that. That's one of the problems I kept getting into that they kept referencing the red pill, but I kept being like, like if you suppose if you take the red pill, you'll see behind the curtain. Right, because I mean we all know the matrix. You take yeah. the red pill, then you start seeing the numbers and you start, you know, you, yeah, you start you, seeing what's happening and everything else. I mean, it's not like you're gonna wake up and realize that this is all a computer generation. Which no, but in sense, their analogy, I think what they're saying is, is because I hear this term all the time. Hey, I've been red pilled. Yeah, this is my red pill moment, and it basically means it's an awakening. You yeah. woke up, and you I get that. Seen behind the curtain, you understand. Right. You've seen it, and I like that. But that's not what the they're curtain. saying. You've seen Oz, right? But that's not what they're no. saying. What they're saying is, is you're going to you're going to wake up into this new enlightenment, this dark enlightenment. And, and dark enlightenment basically means dark ages and the enlightenment of the dark ages. And also, it's a reference to the fact that they used to blog on the dark web. Yeah. And well, so, one of the things that I found, they basically say they, the, the promise is that if you take the red pill, it'll cure your brain of Orwellian leftist propaganda by giving you a golf ball-sized red pill that will sear your throat like a live coal. Still doesn't explain what the hell that means. Well, I do agree that if you... If you if you were going to use this analogy of taking a red pill, it's like when we, we if you read Edward Bernays' propaganda and you see behind what they're doing, you can never unsee that. You realize yeah. that practically once you read that book from the mastermind of propaganda and his other one is called Crystallization of Public Opinion, then you absolutely can't unsee it and you realize how much... You've been manipulated by every aspect of life, especially coming from the government. Everything. Yeah. Everything well, they put out. The, even down to the names of the departments that they use, mm -hmm. uh, the names they put on bills, the way they try to sell things to you. 
any kind of public health, public house, anything that's related to the government is a massive propaganda machine that has been run through test groups. They've run you know these names by a bunch of different people to see which one fits and which one will be generally accepted the best. Because if they told you the truth, you'd never buy into it. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things, one of the biggest things that I found on it when I kept reading about the red pill, because I really looked up just what they meant by the red pill, was one of the things that's really interesting they say is once you take this, you're going to come to the following conclusions. One, democracy leads to a zombie apocalypse. Did you find this? I did. But I did it's find, one of those things. It's like I did find that. And sometimes I was like, you find what? It is, a, is a metaphor. Yes, it is definitely mediocrity. a metaphor. But on some of them that I read, I really felt like they really were talking about a zombie apocalypse. I saw the zombie apocalypse several times, and I did see uh, Nick. I saw a Nick Land interview where somebody asked him about the zombie ap- apocalypse, and of course, you know, tongue in cheek, he was like, "Oh yeah, it's coming." But what he then he you know then he got serious, and he was like, <clears throat> "Zombies are the people who aren't red pilled. Yeah, like they're the ones who are just zombieing through life, not seeing things. They go to work, they watch TV, they've been overwhelmed by the media, by the by the uh the 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 news. They've been overwhelmed by distractions. Yeah, and I mean, and so honestly, they don't even really they don't know what's going on. Explain that way, I almost see it. I mean I do see it. I mean right now with what's going on with COVID with so many people are like, oh my God, look what the news is telling us to do. We better be scared. We better be afraid of this. Oh my God, COVID's gonna kill us all. These guys hate the mainstream news and I do love them for that. That is kind of the zombies where I see that. But some of them I felt like they were really talking about a zombie apocalypse. But in (laughs) those cases I think some of the I'll I'll just say this. Some of the sub writers in the genre of this dark enlightenment, I think they do believe I think you're right. I think they're very serious. That there's a zombie apocalypse. And so it makes me nervous as I drive around now because I see these cars that have, you know, uh, apocalypse uh, response team and stuff. And, and most, I'm wondering how serious those guys are now. You have to wonder. I mean, some of them are probably just from, like, The Walking Dead and all that stuff. But other ones, you have to wonder, like, are they serious? Do they really right. think there's an apocalypse? I mean, if he pulls into the Google parking lot, check, watch that yeah. guy. So, I mean, but a lot of them were just, I mean, it's a, a metaphor, like you said, for people that are just going through life. I mean, which I see that. I do see the, the a oh, lot yeah, of my I friends. See. I was one. Yeah, so was I. I read we, a book one time called American Zombie, and it was all about that. It was all I mean, about... In all reality, I feel like I was one of those zombies till we started the show. Yeah. I thought I knew about like some of this stuff until we started the show, and I started to research, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, and then my I took the red pill, and I think that's what happened to these guys, and I think it blew their brains because, like I said, these guys but are, they went too they're far. Real, they're very smart people, and so they talk in big terms, and they talk in these uh, sweeping governmental terms, and and so oddly enough, this is what I find the dichotomy of this whole thing. This is where I think things are really weird. They are so into high tech. Because they're all they're all working for massive tech companies, and they've created these these you know virtual worlds, right? Yes. And so they see our world, the, our daily life, which I'll call you know semi reality. They see that as a fallacy and a, and a fault and a failed system, and I agree. Yes. And instead of going in, instead, I would think that their solution would be. Let's create this futuristic thing. Like we're going to tear down the system and we're going to create this future thing of all equality and all mankind and everything. No, they go in their in their quote brilliance and their brainiacness. They go way back. 
Well, I think part of it is, in all reality, and that's one of the things I think kept getting to me, was the fact that these are Silicon Valley people. These are computer people. These are, I mean, in for lack of a better word, nerds. Oh, absolutely. There's no 100%. Which, I'm betting, I don't think you've seen it, but I'm sure some of the listeners have, the new movie Free Guy. No, I with Ryan Reynolds, seen, I, I've seen the. The whole idea is basically he is an he is a an NPC, a non-player character in a video game. Okay, and that's how I think. These Thank you for explaining that because I would not have known what that meant. Yeah, NPC is a non-player character. Got it's it. one of the characters that you can't play as, but right. you He's interact. Just walking around yeah. in the background, but you interact with like a background character. Right. I think that's how they see society. They see society as a video game where of most of they us do. Most of us are NPCs. To, in, to them, to them, and that they get, they're playing the game. Thus, thus the, the the you know the this this hierarchy of the of, hierarchy of, of, of being smart because they're a character. We're an NPC, and each NPC has their role predetermined. Their predetermined role. They've so they've coded of, this person yes. to walk back and forth on the street. Yes. Every time you come into the scene, you see that same character walking back and forth. You don't know anything about that character. No. But you don't care because they're you doing don't, their yeah, job. Yeah, because they're, they're persona non grata. And that's the thing. is, I mean, the whole idea of the free guy was he was a non-player character that broke character mm. and stopped being a non-player like character. Like Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. Yes, like Wreck-It Ralph. Exactly. And I did so, see that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it was one of those things. But I think that's how they see things. Like we I are, agree. We are all non-player characters that are just going along. And if you take the red pill, you stop being a non-player character and you start being a character. I fully agree. I full, and I think that's where their heads are now. We put it into video game. I have if you that's look, where I live. I want to tell you right now. If you if you deep dive, if you choose to deep dive on this on your own, and you go listen to Curtis Yarvin or Nick Land, you almost have to have a thesaurus handy. Yes, because they use some really weird words that even I was like, because huh? and it's their way of showing you that they, well they believe they're modern day philosophers and they could be. There was a time. There was a time in history where uh, philosophers would gather throughout history, different time periods, and they would work out their theories amongst themselves. And this is where we got some of our great philosophers. And I, I honestly, I think, but they believe they are replacing that role in our society. That they are the the philosophical elite, and they're working out their theory and their system in this virtual world. And I think that's one of the problems with our society. We lost that. Now we have Burning Man and like EDM festivals. Where, where are the philosophers getting together and talking? Right no, here. They're not. They're, they're, yeah, right they're here. On the, they're on the dark web. They're, they're on, the dark on web, they're in these like blog po- posts. They're on uh, 4chan. And, and everybody, well, and this is the problem also. Everybody's a philosopher now. Yes. I'm not on social media, but when I left. You t- no. when I left Facebook and all, everybody was a philosopher and everybody was way smarter than everybody else. And that was the sort of prevailing thing going on was, look how smart I am. Yes. Or look, look, how, look how witty I am. Or look, look how great I am. And it is one of those things. It's very true. And I mean, I've tried to, I've honestly been getting farther and farther away from it. I mean, even just today, I'm in a group because I do uh, triathlons. And I've been trying to get better at it. And so I'm in a group to help try and get better at it. And there's some lady in there bitching about how if you're doing a triathlon, you should be able to prove you have insurance. Fuck you, bitch. I shouldn't have to prove I have insurance. If I want to take the gamble on, if I get an accident and want to pay for it, I should be able to do it. What that. if you're a multimillionaire? Yeah. And she she's doesn't like, know yeah. you. And it's just one of those things. It's like, well, well, I pay this. It's like, okay, you have a company that helps pay for yours. What about someone who doesn't? Where it's a choice of either I pay the $2,000 a month for insurance 
is that insurance going to feed my kid because I just wasted all my money on insurance? Yeah. Or, you know, like I said, but. And that's where a lot of these people are out of reality, where that lady was well, everybody, out of reality. Everybody thinks that what they're going through is what everybody else is going yes. through. And I think it's that's a very narcissistic society. Yarvin and, and Nick, the Nick Land. Land are both out of reality with everything and i feel like they were looking at this as a video game yeah everything that they were saying i'm like i kept picturing castlevania i kept picturing every video game i've ever played my entire life <laughs> of the the any way, of the role-playing games yes any of the role-playing games all the you, way back to zelda yes all the way back to zelda final fantasy you had characters that were designed to do a certain task right which had really nothing to do with the game. They were sort of window dressing. Yeah, and even the actual characters, the ones that you could play as, each one had specific skills and specific tasks. You had your your, your wizard that could do this. Right. You had your you know your paladin that could do this. You had your you know, the different characters could each do, and that's how they're seeing everything. Kind of like each, Dungeons and Dragons yes, back in the day. Pretty much, each person has their own abilities and their own way to do things. Well. I mean, as we wrap this up, my I'm just going to give my final thought, and then I'll turn it over to you and give your final thoughts. My final thoughts on this <clears throat> to our listener who was interested in it. I don't think I don't think this is <clears throat> I don't find any harm in this because this is an no. this is an intellectual exercise. Yes, it's, it this is never going to catch the light of day. I mean, there might be a lot of people who carry it as a personal philosophy, and it may be more than we know. This will never become a. This will never become a political party. Uh, this will even if somebody who followed this got into politics, it, it would be like it would be few and far between. So I don't think there's any danger in this. I think it's actually interesting, and I like the idea that they are they they they're, that they're seeing what they're seeing and they're working out solutions and they're and they're kind of working and, and and they are smart i'm gonna give them that they're brilliant actually in a lot of ways but i think they're i think that's also their achilles heel i think they overthink it i think they feel they're so much smarter than everybody else that they have the ultimate solution and that's the problem we're already in we're already in the problem that we have these elites who are on the other side of these guys who feel they know best? Well, let's just go down the Gates, Soros, uh, all you know, all the World Economic Forum, the, the the World Health Organization. They all the the you know the European Common Market and all of that stuff. They feel that they know better because they're smart, and they feel like they can provide a solution for the common man, the little people. They forget that they are one. And so I don't need these people to tell me how I live my daily life. And what this boils down to is just another, in my opinion, it is another attempt at basically controlling somebody else's every move in their life, which is against what we are as human beings. <laughs> and this is, if something like this were to actually take hold, it would crumble in less time than most other kingdoms and most other um, pa world powers because nobody would put up with it. I agree. I, I agree on almost all of it. It's one of those things, the, the idea that they have of the problem, yes. 
You have me there. I, I agree with you on the problems that we are facing. Your solutions, not so much. Because part of the problem we run into is going to your class system is just serfdom. And I am not about to go to my wife and tell her, hey, hun, you can't vote no. and, and you can't hold a job. And by the way, you ain't that smart. <laughs> no, yeah. She That's would. not happening. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And she we've would. got listeners out there who send us emails who could probably put these dudes to shame. Oh, yeah. Big time. We, we have a couple of really good. I going to tell you that right now. But and that's it. I mean, it's one of those that I, I agree with the their, their, their problem. I don't agree with their solution. Yeah. Like I said, going back to serfdom. I mean, we fought that for for how many years? I got, read the read, class system, read Hayek's book Road to Serfdom. That's all. Yeah. That's basically where they're at. Yeah, and and the whole you know um, the class system does not work because what they don't they also don't address real quick before we get on out of here. The, the other thing they do not address is what happens if the guy at, at, they keep they keep offering up that this is some benevolent you know. Guy well, who wants the best for you. What happens when the next dude up is not that guy? Yeah. What if it's Edward Longshanks? Yeah, it could be. I mean, yeah, it could be well, Hitler or anybody. Yeah. What, what Paul happens? Pot. How many times? Maybe Doc. If you go back in history and look at the history Joe of the, Biden. Mon <laughs> the monarchy, where we have there was monarchs that everyone's like, this guy was great. We and love then, this king. Then He's other good. ones like. We want to burn him at the stake. Or run for the hills. Or run for the hills. And I mean, and that's the problem. What happens, that's what I do like about a democracy. We have, unfortunately, Joe Biden right now. But in a couple of years, hopefully, our, we'll have a our, change. our country will wake the fuck up and vote him out of office. Yeah. You know, and that's what we have. We have that option. But if this was not that way, that was it. We're, we have him. That's who we have. Well, they until say, he you fucking know, they dies. always say elections have consequences. There would be no elections in the system. No. You would have no voice, and, and, and that I don't like about it. I'm with you. So that's Dark Enlightenment. I hope you enjoyed that. It's a little different than, some, than yeah. what we normally do, but it is a philosophy, and it's a, it's a theory that's out there, and if you run across it, now you have some sort of uh, a, a template to go by in which to gauge this thing. Yeah. Because I think you will run across it at some point, and especially if you, uh, as Silicon Valley gets bigger and bigger, bigger. I think the really over, uh, to me, the overriding theme of this is that these are the guys who are made, who are the fact checkers. These are the guys who are running yes. Google. These are the ones who are gathering all our information, and this is what they think of you. Yes. So. All right. Again, you can uh, reach us at downtherh at protonmail.com. I'll be with you on the midweek podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Big D. I'm Brandon. Have a great week. See you later.